Matt Stepp, it's Thanksgiving week. I don't have a question. I just wanted to tell you that's Thanksgiving week. It's my birthday week, too, by the way. Happy birthday to Matt Stepp and Turkey Jesus. Tough and Step, your premium Texas high school football podcast from your friends at Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. I am the Tep Greg Tepper. And I am the Step, Matt Step. You're the birthday boy, Matt Step. Yes, wow. Yes, Thanksgiving uh, has, is coming and is also my birthday on Thanksgiving wow. Day. And what better present? Than what Coach Davin Nelson and Coach Nick Harrison at West Rusk and Dangerfield are giving me, and a Thanksgiving night playoff game. And, it's and you just, know what? It's glorious. Let, let's stop for a moment. And I, I'm willing right now. I am willing to name West Rusk and Dangerfield the Tep and Step teams of the week. Congratulations, guys! Oh, great job. Great That's job. great stuff. Well, well, well deserved. Well earned. And, you know what? and and I want to give you credit for having the courage to name those two teams. The thank you team of the week thank you and i want to give you credit for having the courage to give me credit so yes um it's it's just it's a wonderful thing i was worried i was worried that nobody was going to have um the the, the nerve there was a minute there where we were going to have um strawn and gordon at first they threw out they're going to play on wednesday they did which, i know which i was is- like okay like cool well, you know just, you can it's within the rules but i think they rules I think I think there was a little bit of pushback from the community. I would imagine they're like, "Why does heads prevail?" Yeah, so they're playing Friday instead. Anyway, okay. uh, this is your regional semifinal preview edition of Tep and Step. We do thank you for being a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. We love you very, very much. Uh, coming up here in a moment, we're not really we're gonna have, we're gonna have our our regional semifinal draft. We're not gonna do a week. Uh, a, an area round cleanup because instead we're going to give everyone a mulligan on their on their picks. We're going to go through what our predictions were before the playoffs and see if you want if there's anything that's changed your mind and give you an op- give you an off ramp here okay. after two weeks. But we will start uh, Matthew as we always do with your Texas high school football fun fact of the week. Your Texas high school football fun fact of the week, Matthew. Which two? 11-man UIL districts are the only two that have all four playoff teams still remaining. Okay. Um, scrolling now. <laughs> looking, looking. There's only two, which I, which, you know, a little surprising, but... Yeah, several of three that are still left. Mm-hmm. There's only two that have all four that are through to to the third mm-hmm. round of the playoffs. Oh wow, must be small school. Well, actually, uh, not a, one of them's not a small uh, school. Did I miss one in six A or something? Maybe region three. Ah, uh, 21, 21-6-A. 21-6-A, North Shore, Atascacita, Houston C.E. King, and Summer Creek. Split division makes that tougher. But they're all four in. Yes, they are. Um, And the other one, there are, by the way, four uh, six-man districts. 1-1-A Division 1, 8-1-A Division 1, 12-1-A Division 1, 7-1-A Division 2, and 11-1-A Division 2, which have... Uh, district to two district bunkmates that are going to play in regional finals this week. It's got to be further down. Um, uh, this is good. Is it, is it uh, it's Shiner, Schulenberg, or Furio? And no, Shiner and Furio aren't, aren't no? the same district anymore. Um, I, I'm oh, uh, Wortham, March, Chilton, and Bremond. You got it. District yeah. 10-2A Division 2 uh, yeah. has swept out the remainder of Region 3, which, what does that tell you about Mart? Right? Uh, <laughs> like, if they've pummeled all these teams and these three teams are regional semifinalists? Um, anyway, yeah. yeah. Mart, Chilton, Bremond, and Wortham are all through. Um, shout out Wortham, fourth place finisher mm-hmm. into mm-hmm. into the regional semifinals. But there it is. 
Your Texas High School football fun fact of the week, the two team, two districts that were able to make it through to the regional semifinals uh, intact. North Shore, Tascosita, C.E. King, and Summer Creek in District 21-6A, and Mart, Chilton, Bremont, and Wortham in District 10-2A, Division 2. All right, Matthew, here's what we're going to do in lieu of after a relatively chalky-ish or chalkier area round of the playoffs uh, this past week. Uh, instead of going through it and talking talking game by game, what I would like to do instead is I would like to give us the opportunity for an off-ramp. So what I'm going to do is before the playoffs started, so two weeks ago, we all, everyone at the Dave Campbell's Texas football staff made predictions for each of the um, for each of the regional champions in each in each region. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to give you an opportunity to say that you're sticking to it or you want to make a change. This is your one and only off-ramp. You can save a little bit of face. Okay? Okay. And I'll do the same thing. Okay. All right. Yeah. We'll start in 6A. 6A Division One. we had the same regional champions. Uh, we had South Lake Carroll in Region 1, Duncanville in Region 2, Galena Park North Shore in Region 3, Lake Travis in Region 4. We did have district champions. I took North Shore to win it. You took Carroll to win it. Do you have any reason to change your picks? None. Yeah, I'm 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 pretty comfortable with mine too. Uh, you know, I think I was the only one who took North Shore um, to win it. Uh, they haven't done anything that makes me think that they're out of it, so I'm going to stick to my guns. Okay, okay, good. Carol's Carol looked really good against Legacy. Yeah, I know you were they, there. Yeah, I was there, and it was pretty impressive. They, Legacy's yeah. a really good team, and they made them look like not like a really good team. Six A Division Two. We both took Denton Geyer in Region One. I'm not going to change mine. I don't know about you. Nope, sticking with Geyer. Uh, region two, I did take mm-hmm. Cy Park, so oh, I will need, uh, so I'm out there. Uh, y- you took Rockwall Heath. I'm probably going to take Rockwall Heath to pick mine, unless you're going to change yours. No, I'm, I'm, I feel good about Heath. You took, and then we both took the same right side of the bracket, Katie and Westlake. I see no reason to change that. Nope. And then we, and then we are on opposite ends of the, of the champion. I took Westlake, you take Katie, and I don't think there's any reason to change that. Okay. Not uh, this point. 5A Division 1 is where things get interesting because I've lost a fair fair number of, of teams because I'm a dumb dumb. Um, Region 1, I took Lubbock Coronado. You took uh, you took Colleyville Heritage. Mm-hmm. Uh, Coronado is obviously out at this point, so I would need somebody new. Um, I could be talked into to Heritage, although I'll tell you, the way Tascos is playing, the, you know, they, I think really they can give us some trouble. Really interesting matchup this week because Tess... Her- Heritage defends the run so well, and Tascosa, Tascosa threw a grand total of one pass last week in the right. centennial. So, well, wins a win. Um, mm-hmm. Region two for me, I took Highland Park to win the region. So, um, uh, about that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out, shout out, Marty Secord and uh, you know, yeah, River Riverboat Marty, yeah. as they call him, right. yeah, um, as, as he's known amongst friends. And you took College Station. Do you see any reason to back off your college station pick? No, they're making me look pretty smart at the moment. <laughs> oh my making me look pretty smart. God almighty. Um, I took Katie Pato in Region 3. You took Manville in Region 3. Um, mm-hmm. I feel good about mine. I bet you still feel good about yours. Still feel, yeah, still feeling solid there. And then Region 4. I took Corpus Christi Flower Bluff. You took McAllen Memorial. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You, you sticking, sticking to your guns? This is a tough one because I think all four teams that are left in Region Four, I I, I think they're all pretty evenly matched. I mm-hmm. so I, McAllen Memorial's been pretty good. They haven't done anything to dissuade me, but now the test really comes. They, they got to beat one of the big the big three from Corpus Christi. So, but McAllen Memorial's taking care of business so far, so I'm sticking with them for now. Five A Division Two uh, in Region One, where uh, I took Wichita Falls Rider, you took Lubbock Cooper. Uh, I think that's still the regional final, and I still think that those two teams are pretty evenly matched, so I don't see any reason for us to change there. I think we're looking at round eight between those two in the last four years. I think you're right. Um, we both got Alito coming out of region two. You mm-hmm. still sticking with him? Yeah. To beat uh-huh. the man, you got to beat the man. Woo! Woo. Region three, we took Fort Ben Marshall. Any reason to yeah. change that? <laughs> Just slightly, yeah. Once that reason is named Barber Barber's Hill, who now yeah. was eliminated last week by AM Consolidated. So yeah. So who's your who's your new Region three darling? Crosby. That looks like the the right pick there too. Like Crosby. And then Region four, I took Liberty Hill, and you took San Antonio Alamo Heights. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
You sticking with your mules? Yeah, I'm sticking with the mules. I think I think they have the defense to get it done. All right. For our Division One, I took El Paso, Riverside, and Region One. You took Wichita Falls, Hershey. No reason for me to change it. No reason for me to change either. I will ride or die with my Rangers. Uh, region two, uh, we're on opposite ends of this week's game. Argyle mm-hmm. and Stephenville. I got Argyle. You took Stephenville to win the region. So, yes. you know, uh, you took El Campo. I took Kilgore in region three, which, who boy, we saw El Campo and they looked the part. My goodness. The defense worries me a little bit, but Kilgore, yeah. Kilgore played with their food last week against Stafford, so... Yeah, and you better watch out this week against Chapel Hill. Yeah, tough to beat a good team twice, but I'm I'm gonna stick with El Campo for now. And then Region Four, we both took Austin LBJ. We Mm -hmm. mentioned on this podcast about how that double slot offense is tricky, and they got they had all sorts of trouble. Now that they were able to score at will, and you know, yes, outscore their problems for 24 minutes. LBJ was befuddled by the Calhoun offense. Credit to Coach Jamal Fenner and his defensive coaching staff in the second half. Made a, made several adjustments at halftime and allowed just, I think, one score in the second half. Uh, and the offense just kept humming. So uh, credit to the LBJ coaching staff. They made some obviously made some adjustments to slow Calhoun down. For Division Two, we're pretty we're pretty uh, similar across the board. One through three, we've got Region One through three, we've got Salina, Gilmer, and Carthage. Any reason for you to change any of those? Not at the moment. Nope. Uh, and then we're on opposite ends of Region fight, Four. Fight, I've got fight, fight, fight. I've got Cuero, and you've got Wimberley. They're playing this week, Friday yeah. afternoon at the Alamo Dome on Texan Live. By the way, thank you very much. So that'll be uh, I, you know, coin flippy type game. Three eighty one. We're on the opposite ends of Region One. I've got Brock. Fight, you've fight, got Jim Ned. <laughs> yeah, the Brock people hate me, man. They, I, I made an innocuous comment in the in the TFT comments. I thought. I thought Brock would take a step back. And this was, gosh, in the summer, I think. And then yeah. Brock, has, they, the Brock people have been chirping in my mentions all year. Well, now the rubber meets the road this week. So we'll yeah, see. Yeah, it sure does. Yeah. Region, region two of three. I'll ever be wrong on a prediction, by the way. The That's exactly right. You're, yeah. you're undefeated right now. Yes. Um, 3A Division One, Region two. I've got those mighty West Trojans who are making me look rather prescient. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you've got the Mount Vernon Tigers. Looking good as well. Both, both have tough games this week, though. It gets real uh, in Region 2 this week. It gets real. Uh, speaking of getting real, Region 3, I've got Lorena and you've got Columbus. Uh, I would like to change. Yeah? Taking Lorena. Are you are you a believer? Yes. I pick, I, I saw Lorena in person. I'm pick, picking them to beat Columbus this week. I think they are the truth. They look the real deal. And then uh, Region 4, I've got Vanderbilt Industrial and you've got Edna. Um, I don't, I'm not... Yeah, they look pretty good. Uh, you know, Pickle took Lano. That's a, what a what a homer pick. What a homer. What we a, are in a, lockstep on region. <laughs> We're in lockstep on three A Division two. Uh, Childress, Gunner, Wascom, and Franklin. You want to change any of those? Yeah, I'd like to change Childress. <laughs> uh, yeah, forty-seven point favorites and lost. That's still yeah the most amazing thing I've seen this year. In, in... Unbelievable. So, so who's your new 3A Division 2 darling? Uh, uh, Region 1 darling? Abernathy. I think so, too. That's a big game this week against Canadian, but I think uh, that... I think I'll think i tell you what, man. Lubbock Roosevelt. Yep. I, I've seen them now in person. They're, they are they are, they are really good. I, I think we're on a collision course for Roosevelt-Abernathy Part 2. Uh, it looks like that part. Uh, 2A Division 1, we agree on Region 2 and Region 3. I took Crawford. We took Crawford and Timpson. Uh, I don't see any reason to change those. Nope. Uh, and then Region 1, uh, you took Hawley and I took New Deal. Uh, I would like to go with Coleman. Ooh, you're backing yeah. out. You're going to take with Blue Cats? I'm going, I'm actually going to see Hawley and Coleman this week. Uh, two, that's my two Friday good defenses. Yes, so I'm taking and Coleman. Then, and then Region 4, I have Shiner, you have Refurio, so it's like, it's a cold okay. Play. Like, yeah, <laughs> sure. Yeah. 2A Division 2, um, I believe... Uh, okay, so 2A Division 2, we both had Stratford in Region 1. They have made mm-hmm. us look pretty smart. Um, region 2, I've got Munster, you've got Albany. So another mm-hmm. fight. Um, region I'm, I'm, 3, we've... I'm switching that one, though. Are you? Albany Albany struggled last week against Albany. Uh-huh. I'm taking Munster to win the region now. Ooh, well, yeah, welcome to the club. Uh, region 3, Mart, I presume you want to change that. Yeah, absolutely. Get, get them out of there. Uh, Kevin Hoffman, you are out of here, man. <laughs> region, region four, you took Fall City. I took Cristobal. Um, so I'm probably, 
need to change that. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I'll, I'll probably just go False City. I think, we need to more. I think we're missing a star on March logo. They only have I think, six stars. I think we're right. Um, I could be talked into Burton. Burton's playing their best football right now. That Burton Ranger um, game this week is going to be something on and, you, and off the field. There's, there is some bad chirping. blood there. Oh, I love it. Uh, and then if you want to check out our 1A predictions, I believe I lost Spring Lake Earth in the first round, uh, but everything else is looking pretty good in D1. Uh, and then I lost Fallout this past week because uh, I took Anton or because uh, Anton beat them. Uh, so I am I lost Region 1 for both brackets, but I'm cruising along in the rest of them. So you can check that out, texasfootball.com slash playoffs. All right, Matthew, it's time for our regional semifinal draft. If this is your first episode of Tep and Step, welcome. This is how it works. Step and I go back and forth um, selecting games we are most interested in. Uh, we will go five rounds. Once it's picked, it's off the board. We will round it all out. No, we won't. There's no hipster game. Um, so RIP hipster game. It was a good, it was yes. a good run. It's a good run. So, uh, we did coin flip before the show. I did, I won the coin flip, and so I get pick one one this week, uh, which a lot of pressure, a lot of pressure here. It is, it is. But it's it is an enormous week, and I'm gonna go to the game that you made your switch on, and that is or one of them. That is this game is going down. Let me make sure I get this right. We got all the all the listings up at TexasFootball.com/playoffs. Let's go two o'clock Friday night at Porcupine Stadium, or Friday afternoon rather, at Porcupine Stadium in Springtown. As the Munster Hornets at 12 and 0 take on the Albany Lions at 11 and 0. And uh, yeah, these two teams have been excellent all year long. Um, and, and finally, like, Rubber meets the road. I know you mentioned that earlier, but it's so true that rubber really meets the road this week in region two. Mm-hmm. Um, now talk about advantages of losing a district game, you know, Winthorpe by virtue of losing that district game to, um, to Munster, they're on the cleaner side. Although Santos, no picnic. No. Uh, um, but Munster, they don't have to face off against Albany. If they'd won it, they'd be in the spot. Um, Albany's been quietly mowing people down, but there is the little issue about what happened last week. Yeah. And last week, boy, was this game like 15 to 10 at halftime? 12-10. It was 12-10 at the half. 12-10 at the half. And I believe you put it in our Slack and you're like, what the H is going on? Except you didn't mm-hmm. say H. You said the whole word. Yes. Um, and now they pulled away. Credit to them. They, they pitched a second half shutout against them um but only gave them everything they wanted to uh jaheem newton and coil fever are the stars of this offense the albany defense has been exceptional all year long but i think the concern here and tell me if you think i'm off base here i think the concern is that's the best team that albany's played this year and they played their worst game against them mm-hmm. and that's, so that's my concern that's definitely my, i mean albany Munsters mowed everybody down, but we have that measuring stick game of their yes. win over Winthorst. We don't yes. have that for Albany. That's the issue. That's the issue. Because here comes Munster, and Munster has been, I mean, steady as she goes. And yeah, they basically played, Munster has basically played one, t- one, you know, one close game all year. It's not to say they haven't played one tough game all year. They played one close game all year. And that was when they played Winthorst, and they beat them 16-8. to Right, mm-hmm. low scoring slugfest. Yeah. And I guess Every, Albany, we're, are we not giving Albany enough credit for the win over Santo, though? I guess that's impressive, right? That's another regional yeah. finals. And by the way, here's the other thing. All right, let's let's talk about the the, the other win they've got is, um, I mean, now part of it is that remember they were playing only the second time. That was a rematch against Only, so mm-hmm. maybe Only had obviously improved and figured some things out. Um, but they do have that win over Santo. That's aged particularly well. They do have. Do you remember who they beat in their first game? Dublin, wasn't it? They went to Dublin and they beat them by 27. Yeah. So there's a little bit of strength to schedule you know, boosting there, but I think it's fair to say that Munster is the best team that they've played this year. Um, and, and that's, I don't think that's an insult to anybody else on their schedule. Um, Munster, uh, you know, Colton Deckard is the star there. Their defense has been absolutely electrifying. Uh, that is the thing for me about, about Munster is their defense has been really good regardless of who they've played. Like whenever, like their defense just shows up and they've been excellent every single week. 
Uh, they'll need to be excellent this week against Albany. But yeah, the, the computer thinks that this is number one versus number two or number two versus number three in 2A Division Two. I bet you can guess who number one is. But mm, Purple and gold team. Yeah, I, I think that's right. Um, I think this I think this game, to be real honest, I think this is going to be a low scoring slugfest. I think this is going to be I don't think this game's going to get into the 30s. I think this game, I think 24 points might win this game. Mm-hmm. I think these are two defenses that are playing exceptionally well. I've been on the Munster bandwagon since they beat Winthorst. I think that's the most impressive win that either of these teams have. I think that's what we have to base it off of. And I think that Munster gets the win in a close one. I, I agree. I, I think we're lockstep. I, I thought Albany was a little too, little more explosive when I pick, made the picks before the playoffs, but I mean, Munster's convinced me. So mm-hmm. the Hornets here. All right. What is your first pick, Matthew? I'm going st- to, it's a small school tap and step this week because I'm staying in the small schools. And I'm going to take a game that I'm going to Friday night, six mm-hmm. o'clock Friday night at Hugh Sandifer Stadium in Abilene, as the Holly Bearcats take mm-hmm. on the Coleman Blue Cats in a battle of two A Division One Region One unbeatens. And first one to ten wins in this one because dude, these, <laughs> these defenses. defenses, yeah. I mean, Coleman comes into this game allowing a paltry four point six points per game. And Holly is allowing just six points a game. Now Holly yeah. last week did Sundown pushed Holly a little bit, and and what they they the last couple of weeks, you know, Holly has given up their two biggest point totals in two of the last three games. They they gave up twenty one to Forsan in the season finale, in which they won twenty four twenty one. Forsan got beat last week, so that's mm-hmm. a little bit of a red flag for me right there. And then they gave up twenty two last week to Sundown in a forty to twenty two win. So. Little bit of a red flag starting to go up for Holly. Maybe maybe they're starting to fade out a little bit, and teams are starting to figure that defense out a little bit because giving up twenty points the last two or three last weeks uh, gives me some concerns. Uh, no such concerns for the Coleman Blue Cats as they drilled Post forty three to nothing. Um, and that's a Post team coming that was fresh off a really dominant win over a good Farwell ball club. Um, mm-hmm. A few weeks, uh, right near, right there near the end, end of the regular se- season, post, post was coming off a uh, you know big win in the playoffs. That you know, post kind of started out slow, and, and they started to get things together late in the year. And like I said, real dominant win over Farwell uh, to close out the um, the, to open the playoffs before, mm-hmm. like I said, losing to Coleman forty three nothing. So yeah, that was a, that um, was a hot post team. Yes, and so Coleman. The difference between these two teams for me is the speed on the offensive side of the ball for Coleman. Uh, quarterback Jaden Jackson is one of the best-kept secrets in the state of Texas. That dude is a dynamic playmaker. And Devin R. Robinson, Roberson last week uh, rushes for 143 yards, two touchdowns, and he also had a 43-yard touchdown catch. A <clears throat> little bit too much firepower for Coleman in this one. I think they will bust a couple of big plays and kind of take the top off that Hawley defense. And I, I think the Coleman Blue Cats are moving on to a, to a regional final. I think, I think they've got the playmate. I think the defenses are at a stalemate, but I think the difference here is Coleman's playmakers um, and their speed on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, I I tend to agree with you. Um, I think that is going to be these are literally the two best. Uh, <clears throat> uh, let me rephrase. Holly is tied with Shiner uh, for uh, second best defense in two A Division One, but Coleman is is number one, um, and. This is a really intriguing matchup of two teams that I don't like. I think there are teams that are uncomfortable playing a game 10 to 7. I think both these teams would be in their element playing this game 10 to 7. Yeah. Like playing this game, punt back and forth, field position. We're going to make you make a mistake. That's where I think this game ends up lying. Like it's going to come down to one or two mistakes, like Mm -hmm. as these things tend to do. And I think it's going to be. Awesome. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And I think the, you know, now I have new deal winning the region. Um, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to back off that. Cause I'm a, I'm a proud, proud man. I think, I think they've got a tough match this week against Cisco. Um, but you know, look, that would be, you want to talk about strength on strength if new deal were to get there, like that big mm-hmm. offense for new deal up against either of these, de- de- uh, either of these defenses, uh, would be a lot of fun. So, um, I think it's an excellent pick. Um, yeah. I think that I think Coleman and I think you're going to have a lot of fun out there in Abilene. Let's put it that way. Looking forward to it. All right, Matthew, I am going to go still small school. Let's keep it four and below. It's a massive small school week. This it week. really is. It's stupid. Five oh. o'clock. 
Friday afternoon, evening, midday. I don't it'll know. be dark at five o'clock. It'll be pretty much dark when this thing. It's, it's dark by five o'clock now. Yeah, it's gonna be second. You know, second quarter it'll be pitch black yeah. at Children's Health Stadium in Prosper. Beautiful stadium. As the number one team in the state, the undisputed number one team in the state, the Carthage Bulldogs take on the unbeaten China Spring Cougars in what I am here to tell you is the toughest, is the biggest threat to Carthage in the playoffs in since Liberty Hill 2018. 2019 La Vega. 2019 La Vega, maybe. 2019 La Vega. Um, La Vega, I think, would be. It's close. Would pro- it's close. It's at least a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, there was no one last year that we thought no. even could stay on the field, and there no one, no one did. Um, so let's talk about Carthage for a moment, because the whole anybody who listens to this show knows that the thing we've been saying is, oh man, their defense is so elite. It's uber elite. It is. It is pound for pound one of the very best defenses in the state. Like plain and simple. Mm-hmm. And they've lived up to that hype. They have looked excellent uh, every step of the way. There's no reason to doubt uh, what they do defensively with Kip Lewis and all of them. Um, and, in fact, if you take a look at what they've done in the playoffs, uh, yeah, they gave up 14 to Hampshire Finette. I'm fairly certain a lot of those were in garbage time. I know one – I think one touchdown was early, and then the other one was after it was – Right, exactly. I think, that, I think they got hit by, like, one long pass play. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and, and then since after that, they shut him down until it was 42, seven. Um, the one thing I will say, Matthew, I'm here to tell you, I think there are signs of life from the Carthage offense. I think, I think they found the guy at quarterback in Connor cuff. And I think he's starting to get comfy. He had his, he had pretty clearly his best game last week. Mm-hmm. Um, when he threw for like 288 and like three touchdowns and look, and he, I think he ran for another score. He looked comfortable. He looked like he was in command of that offense. And if they're going to get guys, if they're getting 35 or 42 points a game, it's over. Like it's over against anybody. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The question is, are they going to be able to get that? So here comes China spring and China spring, I think has been itching for a chance at this. I think I think they think ever because go back to last year, right? They played Carthage, and I want to say they played them relatively close. I think it was close for a little while. Now yeah. I'm make, wanting to pull up the score from last year's game, but I think for like a for like maybe a half, it was mm-hmm. competitive, which was more than anyone else yes. really did in the playoffs. It was now last year's game ended fifty two to fourteen. So oh, well, I think it was one not. of those things that were, I think it was close. close it was, uh, they were in shouting distance at halftime before Carthage. It was close until it wasn't. Yeah. Uh, but was Brian Bell's ball club thinks they've got a shot. Part of it is because they've got that guy at QB in Major Bowden, who has been exceptional. He's been very, very good. He is a dynamo out there. And I, you've seen him in person, right? No, I have not. not in 7 on 7, but not. 7 on 7, yeah, yeah. And that's not um, his, he throws it okay, but his his game, he, he's his. Oh. his Specialist is running the football. He's one of the most dynamic running quarterbacks in the mm-hmm. state. And that's what Carthage is up against. And by the way, don't let that distract from the fact that their defense is really good and gives up about 10 points a game. Mm-hmm. Um, their defense has been exceptional. And so look, I actually think there's a fair chance this is a low another low scoring slugfest. I actually think that this is a game that is gonna be just a cup like I'm talking 21. 14, you know, an old school slugfest. Here's the bottom line of it. I ain't picking against Scott Surratt. No. Like, I'm sorry. Like, and you mentioned I like Brian Bell a lot. I think Brian Bell's an outstanding high school football coach. And mm-hmm. I think Major Bowden's an outstanding high school football quarterback. And I think I think China Springs defense is outstanding. I think their whole program's outstanding. And I ain't picking against Scott Surratt. That's just sorry. Like, yeah, until I mean, until somebody does it, like, I'm not going to do it. Yeah, this is a Carthage team. I think what's happened with Carthage is they're not turning the football over. Mm-hmm. That, that's, that was their bugaboo almost the entire regular season. Is they, 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 they would get in their own way with turnovers. I think they're finally hanging on to the football, and that's why you're seeing the offense, I think, start to be a little more consistent. Mm-hmm. Here's some numbers on Carthage. 41-game winning streak. They've won 81 of their last – they're 81-1 and one in their last 82 games. God almighty. 
their one <laughs> loss was in, the, in that, that time frame. And they lost two games in a row in 20, I believe it was 2016. They lost two straight games in the regular, in 2016 and then won the rest of their games, won a state title, went 16-0 in 2017, won a state title. 2018 won their first 14 games and then lost in the semis to Liberty Hill. And then they've they swept in 2019. They haven't, lost, they haven't lost since then. 41 in a row, 81 of 82. Now, Just incredible, an incredible run for the Carthage Bulldogs. An incredible run, and it, does, it ends for everybody at some point. And I want, to be very clear, yeah. I want to be very clear about this. China Spring is 100% capable of winning this game. And I'll also say this. I think if it doesn't end, I think if I think if China Spring doesn't beat them, I don't think anybody's beating them. It's it's. it's I tough mean, to it see. Would, at that point, it would be what Salina in a title game. I don't discount Gilmer, but we we've seen Gilmer? that story. You know, we've yeah. seen that story with Gilmer. Um, you know, I think Belleville or West Orange Stark the next round. I, like it's all it's teams that we really have to squint. Even with China Spring, I think we have to squint. To mm-hmm. really see them beating Carthage, it's a lot's going to have to go right for China Spring. Right, uh, it that's, would be that's a big the, upset. Well, that's, that's the funny thing is that we're talking about an un, like we're talking about an amazing football team in China Spring. They a are top, elite. They're a top five, four A Division two team. They are elite. They are elite of the elite, and we're talking about well, you're going to need a lot of things to go right. That's mm-hmm. that's what they're up against. But I think it's I think it's interesting, and I think this is the, the we're finally starting the time of year where it's like. Maybe before this, no. I'm sorry. All due respect to Hampshire Fanet, it wasn't going to happen, right? But now you're like, maybe if things go right and Carthage plays poorly, maybe. Anyway, I think Carthage China Spring is interesting. I'm going to try to go to this game if I can talk my wife into it. Uh, what is come on, your wife. yeah? Come, come on, on tap wife. wife. She's not going to listen to this. You, think, you, don't think uh, she, you don't think she listens to tap and stuff? <laughs> you don't think she just stays up late at night? And she's <laughs> like, mm, I got to write down what he thinks of Holly and Coleman. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> what is your second pick, Matthew? I guess I'm on a heater for games that I'm covering this week because uh, let's go to San Antonio Saturday afternoon, four o'clock in a game that I'll be doing the color commentary on with Trevor Bullard. Whoa. Oh, wait, this is the middle game of the triple. This is the middle game. The DeSoto Eagles mm-hmm. take on the spring Westfield Mustangs. And I'm going to just throw it out there. There will be a few athletes on the field in this game. There's going to be some talent. On the field in this one, I am fired up for this game. Um, I think when you look at these two teams, very similar in how they play, how how they go about their business. They've both got swagger. They both have confidence. You got one of the best in Dallas going against one of the best in Houston in San Antonio. But okay, um, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, you know, just, I saw DeSoto last week, and this is a team that's starting to peak at the right time. Their defense was incredible. Uh, they, they really contained one of the best offenses in the state in Rockwell. Braden Locke, I think it may have had his worst game as a high school quarterback against DeSoto, throwing four interceptions. The Eagles' defense, their defensive speed and their ability to press up on Rockwall's receivers uh, really gave uh, Rockwall trouble. And offensively, you know, they, they hit some big plays in the passing game, but the real key for DeSoto was Chris Henley Jr., that big running back, uh, ran for over 200 yards and four touchdowns. And really gave DeSoto um, that you know when they needed when they needed a you know third and five, Chris Henley was getting them first downs and keeping the chains moving. He was really outstanding last week, and that was a a big win for DeSoto. And and here's another thing because I know you were at this game at Globe Life Field at the at the mm-hmm. Gilf. There was a moment there in the third quarter where Rockwell made its run, and I want to say did they close it within three points? They did. They make it they got- make like. 24-21 or something like that. They made a run at DeSoto. DeSoto held the lead most of the first most of the first half into the third quarter. And then Rockwall, Rockwall made some plays and got back in it. And you could see DeSoto kind of teetering a little bit there. And how and how many, I mean this in a nice way, but how many of those DeSoto teams fold up shop at that point in yeah, the past? The, the, That's, the, the that is in many ways to roll downhill, you know, it just can, yes. continues to roll and it didn't. DeSoto's yes. defense said not today. That's the different. That's the that's a, that was most impressive. Talk about mm-hmm. talk about all the playmakers they've got. Yes, of of course, all that thing. The fact that they took the punch and they shook it off and goes, all right, we're back in it. Other teams, other DeSoto teams have wilted in that moment and they did not. And I thought that was very impressive. Yep, and they they pulled away late and got the win. Credit to Coach Mathis and his coaching staff and the kids for for getting that done. And now, you know, now they got to do it again this week because Spring Westfield's going to punch them. 
This is an unbeaten Spring Westfield team who's got a couple of big wins on their resume. You, you have different. wins over yeah, North Shore, a win over North Shore, and a win over over Spring uh, on their resume. This is the Westfield team that that can get it done. They've got a D one quarterback and a Tulsa commit Cardell Williams. He's a three-year starter. He's smart. He's got a big arm. He can move around. Exactly what this kind of what this offense needs. And then they've got a tremendous defensive that 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 matchup of the Spring Westfield defensive line against the DeSoto offensive line uh, is going to be the key in this game. And I think that is why Westfield gets to win here. I think Westfield's front seven is going mm-hmm. to control DeSoto. They're going to take the run away, make them one-dimensional, and get after Matt Allen. And I think Westfield wins that battle and the spring Westfield Mustangs get to the regional final. I got another DM from our, our, our good friend, um, the great Donovan. Woo. Uh, yes. And, um, and he asked me, he said, he said, well, you've, you've been spot on with your first two games. Cause he asked me, cause he does, I think he does color for, for the yeah. radio broadcast. He does. He does. Um, and he said, he said, you're spot on about clean Harker Heights. You were spot on about Rockwall. Tell me about Westfield. And the word I said was this team's different. This is different from the, from the, the first two teams because those other two teams, God bless them. were not particularly interested in playing defense and they weren't particularly interested in being physical up front. Um, here is a team that not only are they interested in being physical up front, it's kind of their whole thing. <laughs> like it's kind of their entire identity is we're just going to get you into a freaking brawl. Like mm-hmm. if you want to put, if you want to make this a hell in a cell match, like we can do it. Um, and that's, that's what they're up against. They're up against a different kind of team. They've played two and, and Harker Heights was not a finesse team, but they played two much more finesse teams than they're seeing this week. Ain't what uh, Cardell Williams is great, and they got great playmakers on the outside, stuff like that. Ain't nothing finessey about Westfield. They want to no. take a crowbar to your face. Yeah, they're they're, and, they're going to be up for the fight with it, and they're not going to be in, you know, like I said, they're not going to be intimidated by DeSoto. You know, they're going to be ready to go, and they're gonna, they're going to be right there. In the this is Houston versus Dallas. There's going to be it'll, it's going to get chirpy on the field. It's it's, oh, it's going to be it's going to be they're a gonna, fun game. They are going to chat out there. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm very jealous that you get together. All right. That's a good pick. My third pick. Do I want to go? F- I'm not going to go three big school games in a row or th- small school games in a row. Am I? No, no. I'll, ch- I'll change it up. I'm going to go. This game is where are you at? We're going to get a little bit funky matched up because let's go six o'clock. Is that what it is? Two o'clock, two o'clock Friday afternoon. At Vernon Newsom Stadium in Mansfield, as the unbeaten Alito Bearcats take on the un the ten and one South O Cliff Bears, and we had um, last week on the watch along, we had Marcus Shavers in uh, from the head coach of McKinney, and we were just chatting and stuff like that. And he's pretty cl- he's pretty tight with Jason Todd, the head coach there at South O Cliff, mm-hmm. and. He he told me he did not. I hope he doesn't think I'm betraying his confidence or anything like that. But he basically said he's like, look, I think this year's different about the South Oak Cliff team, and there's reason to believe that he's got a point. Okay, because the two things that are different, in my opinion, about South Oak Cliff this week, or this year, are off. First of all, let's back up. Here are the constants about South Oak Cliff. Their okay. defense is going to rock. Okay, <laughs> their defense is going to be ready to go like every game. Their defense is outstanding. But what's different about this team, because they've played Alito before and it hasn't necessarily been a contest because their offensive line has not been able to hold up and their quarterback has not been able to make plays. Mm-hmm. There's reason to believe they have solved both those issues this year. That the offensive line, Jason Todd's taken over that offensive line, like coaching it, and they have, they're very, this is the best offensive line South Oak Cliff's had probably ever. And they've got the quarterback in Kevin Henry Jennings, who is, now he's not five-star kid. He's not Connor Wigman. He's not that guy. But you know what he is? is he is solid. He is a solid, rock-solid quarterback. He's committed to Missouri State, which is a FCS program. I think I think that's in the playoffs. I mean, that's it's a good nothing, one. Nothing wrong with that at all. No, that's a good quarterback. We know that we know the death row defense is going to bring it. But if they figure out the offensive side, maybe they can slay the dragon. Because here's Alito. 
because they are they are a, a, a they're a wrecking machine right now. Okay, mm-hmm. they are. This looks like an Alito team that is that is playing its best football right now, which is frightening. Um, this looks like an Alito team that's on a mission. This looks like an Alito team who has really rounded into form defensively. Right. I think you go back to week two when they played Frisco Lone Star and they beat them 45 35. And you're like, oh, you know, hey, great win, but let's have some questions about that defense. Well, ain't no questions about the defense anymore. Defenses look great. Um, last week against Frisco Liberty, they really shut them down. They got a big game offensively uh, from Ryan Williams and Sammy Steffi that they were just running all over people. They need to throw Braden Fowler and Nicolosi, is, I would say, you know, similarly to what we were talking about with Kevin Henry Jennings, solid. Like, you get what you need from them. Um, look, here's the bottom line of it. I think South Oak Cliff's good enough to beat Alito. But being good enough to beat Alito and beating Alito are two very different things. Mm-hmm. They are two very different things. South Oak Cliff has to play clean. They got to force a couple of mistakes. And they probably need a break or two to go their way in order to do it. I think they're underdogs. I think they're understandable underdogs. I do think this is a very interesting test for Alito that... They are not going to, I mean, God bless some of the teams that they've played in their district, but they've been kind of able to out-athlete them. Ain't no out-athleting sock, okay? No, and Alito, this is not an Alito team that has, they don't have JoJo Earl, they don't have no. Jason, they don't have the the big-time skill players that they've had in years past. You know, they no. don't have, there's, you know, DeMarco Roberts, they don't have, you know, money, money parks. They don't no. have those game breakers at the skill spots this the as they've had. This is more of a plotting, grinding Alito team that's got to kind of. Um, they're not going to get big chunk plays most of the time, but they're mm-hmm. what they're going to do is dominate up front and execute on both sides of the ball. So I, I think the key for Sock, if they want to pull the upset, is they got to come out, take the early punch from Alito, settle into the game, and try to make Alito try to get out on the front foot, make Alito play from behind. Yeah, it's so rare for Alito to do that. I think you got to make them try to play from behind and make them get into obvious. Pa- Alito doesn't want to. Alito wants to pass on second and four, second and three. Mm-hmm. They don't want to ha- be forced into third and eight. They're not going to be successful as much doing that. So winning on first and second down and getting out on the front foot will be foot will be key for Sock. They want to yeah. pull the upset. So, you know, this is really when the like the gauntlet begins for Alito. We talked about how region two is tougher than it has been in past years. Here you go, right here mm-hmm. in, in, with South Oak Club starting this week. And by the way, that other game in Region 2 is tasty, too. With Lovejoy and Timberview, mm, tasty. What is your third pick, Matthew? I'm going to go back to small school, and I'm going to Beast, Texas. 7 o'clock Friday night at Dragon Stadium in Nacogdoches. A rematch from the playoffs last year as the 12-0 Beckfield Bearcats take on the 10-0 Timpson Bears. And this is a game that I hmm. attended last year in the regional finals. Uh, out in Henderson, and Beckville took it on the chin against Timpson, fifty-five to fourteen. It was a dominating win for Timpson, and kind of their the Bears' uh, full introduction to the state of Texas as an elite program. And you know what, Tepper, Timpson's done nothing to not make us think they're elite. They've only played ten games because they had a couple of games uh, canceled due to COVID. Actually, had three games canceled due to COVID. And they were actually able to get t- or if. Three games canceled due to COVID. They only mm-hmm. had nine on the regular season schedule because West Harden dropped UIL football this year. So they made up two of those games, and that's where Timpson's two most impressive wins are at, the two makeup games. Yeah. The first one, a 21, 21 point win over Wascom. That's a Wascom that, team that's in 3A Division Two and still in the playoffs. That's a Wascom team that could be playing for a 3A Division Two title. You do not yeah. have to squint that hard to see. And Timson beat him by three touchdowns. Yeah. The other makeup game was their closest game of the year, Tepper. A 17-point mm-hmm. win over Boonville, Arkansas. And you may ask, Step, who is Boonville, Arkansas? Boonville, Arkansas is 12-1. and one. They are the equivalent of a 3A Division One program. Jeez. And they are still alive in the Arkansas playoffs. They're, they're in the quarterfinals this week in the Arkansas playoffs. That's their closest game of the year. A twelve a, a seventeen point win over a twelve and one Arkansas team that's still playing. It's that's a three A Division One school. Here's what I can say about Timpson. Okay. Last week they played Thorndale. Now I'm not here to tell you that Thorndale is is a world beater. What I'm here to tell you is that I think Thorndale is a pretty good team from a pretty good district that made the playoffs convincingly, that had a couple of nice wins on their schedule, um, and things like that. They're a very solid football team. 
Thorndale, very solid football team. And Timpson beat them by 61. Yeah, Timpson scored touchdowns on 10 straight possessions. God almighty. <laughs> this Timpson team is just unbelievable. How, let me just, okay, talk about Beckville, and then I want to bring up a point. Uh, Beckville, unbeaten, and you know what? They've done nothing to make us, th- you know, they've scored, they've scored 50 points or more in eight straight games. They're rolling. I mean, this mm-hmm. is a really, really good Beckville team. But I, I don't think they stay within three touchdowns of Timpson. I, I think Timpson's going to blow them out again. I, it's, and it's not a shot against Beckville. It just says how good that this – I think this Timpson team can legitimately beat China or Furio this year. So that was, that was for me the question. Like I was going to bring this up because uh, I don't want to I don't want to disrespect Beckville. I think they got a great shot in this game. I think their offense could you know could could really move the ball a little bit. Their offense has been very good all year. Um but I think Timpson's the favorite. I think we all picked Timpson to come out of region three. And I think like we've been talking a lot about man China Refurio gonna be a great game there in region four. How sure are we that they're gonna beat the winner of that game's gonna beat Timpson? Cause I'm not super duper sure. No. I, I think I'll say this, and we'll, this is a two-week look ahead here. I think if T- I think Timpson matches up better with Refurio, mm-hmm. I would be more apt to pick them over Refurio than Shiner. Put it that way. Okay. I, I think Shiner's a tougher matchup stylistically for Timpson. I think that's probably fair. Okay. Okay. That's that's good. I Matthew for my fourth pick. Do I want to do this? Yeah, I do. Seven o'clock Friday night. At Cougar Stadium in New Braunfels. Let's go to the largest classification. That would be 6A Division One, As the San Antonio Brennan Bears take on the Austin Bowie. Wait, what are they? Bowie's the Bulldogs. 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 Thank you. Because I was going to say volunteers. That's Arlington Bowie. Lots of bees in here. Yeah. Brennan Bears, Bowie Bulldogs. Okay. Talk about alliteration. Yeah, really. Let's talk a little bit about because we've talked a little bit about about Brennan over the course of the season, but Bowie's a bit of a party crasher here. Um, Bowie sprung, I will call it a mild upset over over Smithson Valley last week. Um, I, I think they sprung a mild upset in the first round over Round Rock. I think they did too. A Round Rock team that had just beaten Vandegrift. Right, but they are they're rolling right now. They're playing with confidence, and the other thing that's happening with them, I don't know what got into that defense, but that defense has bowed up. Their defense is playing lights out right now. Absolutely outstanding. And it helps that they are, because in a lot of ways, they kind of beat Smithson Valley at their own game last week. Like, they ran the ball all over them. Noah Camacho ran for 198 yards and two touchdowns, and they grinded them out at seven and a half yards a carry, and then played great defense and held on late and won 28-21. Um, this is a team that, again, a good team versus a, a hot team. This is a very hot team in Bowie that feels like they can beat with anybody. And, you know, also, look, let's, you know, okay, let's talk about Brennan here for a moment. Because Brennan right. has, again, done nothing wrong, nothing to make us think any less of them. I think that they, they're, uh, two of our colleagues picked them to win Region 4, and I think they are well within their rights to pick Brennan. They have looked mm-hmm. great. They have smashed people, okay? Absolutely smashed people, winning by an average score of 50 to 13, right? And they have just been dominating. Their defense has been great. Ashton DuBose, their quarterback, is a stud. Stud mm-hmm. and a half. Might They've be the best got dudes. In San Antonio. I think he. I think you're right. I think he's the best player in San Antonio. He's been outstanding. So I. I think on paper Brennan's your favorite, and I think that that defense is going to be able to slow them down. And I. I'm not sure. Like while Bowie Bowie's not built for big big points, and so I think that the, like if Brennan needs to outscore them, they are capable. But let's draw this back to another topic, which is. Is San Antonio ever going to beat Austin? Like, that's kind of what we're looking at here. Because I guess technically Alamo Heights beat McCallum last week, but that's not an upset though. Like they they were better than McCallum. I'm saying right now, I think it's fair to look at Brennan and Bowie and say that they are at least like okay, Alamo Heights and McCallum. I think we looked at that and say Alamo Heights is at X level, McCallum is at Y level. X is greater than Y. Okay, I think that's fair. 
This is closer in the sense that I think that Brennan and Bowie are closer to being in the same weight class. I think Brennan's better, but they're close to being in the same weight class. How much does the fact that Austin has absolutely owned San Antonio lately matter? Because that's the thing. All these impressive wins from San Antonio, from, from Brennan, all of them have come against either San Antonio teams, a Laredo team, or a Valley team. Um, does that matter? Like, does that matter? Because Bowie, here's the thing. Bowie has played Westlake. Bowie has played Lake Travis. Like, Bowie has played good teams from the Austin area. From mm-hmm. Good teams from a strong region. They've beaten Round Rock, right? And yeah. then they took on Smithson Valley, a team that looked like, you know what? They were they finished second in their district. You know, they 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 spit the bit against against Judson, but like that's a good San Antonio team, and they just kind of bullied them. Just yep. kind of bully balled them. So a lot of this comes down to the bigger conversation, which is like, just how far ahead is Austin from San Antonio right now? And I know it's an uncomfortable conversation for our Alamo City friends, but it it it's borne out in the facts. Plain and, and simple. It's been that way for a few years. This is not the yeah. first time we've had this conversation. I mean, no. And until I mean, like I said, I, I, Alamo Heights did beat McCallum, but Alamo I mean, until until a San Antonio team beats an Austin team that is in in there when they, these when they're matched up in the same weight class because mm-hmm. Alma Heights was significant favorite over over McCallum this game this would be the first time in a few years that we've seen I guess the last time was like four years ago when Steele beat Vandergrift I think mm-hmm. in the second round in San Marcos since then I mean Austin has run rung up victory over victory over every time they beat San Antonio and it's it's got to be frustrating for San Antonio high school football fans but it's 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 the truth right now. Is. Austin's just better. I I think Brennan can get it done, but man, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm hesitant to pick him because Austin's just better right now. I, I that's exactly it. It I think I think if you were if you were to take if you were to say these two teams are from Abilene and from Nacogdoches, I'd be like, okay. I'd look at the facts on the ground. I'd be like, this is a, this is you know the then Brennan would win, but they're not, and it matters, and it's starting to become a huge trend and something we need to consider whenever we're taking a look at these things. So I'm taking Brennan and Bowie for a lot of reasons. What's your fourth pick, Matthew? I'm gonna, I'm, I'm loving these Dallas-Houston matchups this week. So I'm mm. going to go Saturday night at the Ford Center in Frisco as the Spring Lions make the trip up I-45 to take on the Duncanville Panthers. Can I say something before you start? Sure. You know, you know Spring has my favorite player in the state. They do. The great Bishop Davenport. My, my, my beloved Bishop Davenport. I worry, Step. I worry. You should be worried. Just Duncanville's really good on defense. <laughs> D- Duncanville will maul you. I now I think Spring with their the short passing game with the good quarterback has will have a chance to move the football against Duncanville. But they've got to protect Davenport. They cannot let those Duncanville monsters on the defensive line get after Davenport because if that happens, it's church, and that's what happened last year. You know, for a half. Spring gave DeSoto was up on DeSoto and kind of controlled the game. And in the second half, DeSoto turned that defensive line loose and got after Davenport, and the game turned in a heartbeat. They've got to learn some lessons from that game, and hopefully, for their sake, they, they can get that done because that Duncanville defense is uh, breaking. They got monsters. Um, oh, God. They beat Mesquite last week 52 to 2. Mesquite managed two points. I don't know if it was a safety or a PAT return, but. Mesquite did manage two points in the game, but Rockwell, I mean, Duncanville, you know, Malachi Medlock, you know, the Toledo commit 112 yards, three touchdowns, you know, quarterback Solomon James may have had his most efficient game leading the offense. He threw for 199 yards and a touchdown, but make, make no mistake about it. This Duncanville team is going to win old school. They're going to win with defense and they're going to win with their running game. And that's where it's been gotten done. That's where Duncanville's defense is dominant. Um, now I will say Springs running back, Joey Fusell Jr. Did have a huge game. In last week's win over Klein Kane, he had six touchdowns, 273 yards. If Spring is able to run the ball just a little bit to keep Duncanville honest and keep them from just pinning their ears back and getting after Davenport, that that's that's going to be the key for them moving the football. Because teams who can throw the ball and push the ball downfield against Duncanville have had success, but you got to protect. And sometimes the best way to protect your quarterback is by having a good running game. So that being said, I think Duncanville wins it. Um, especially, you know, tough road trip for spring, having to come all the way up to the Metroplex. 
but such is life when you flip coins in the playoffs and Duncanville came out on top on this one. Yeah, it was probably, I mean, I'll be honest. I think it was the smart move for spring to try to get them, try to get Duncanville at their place. Cause that's a team mm-hmm. that has not traveled too far outside of the, the Metro, the Metroplex. But you know, the problem is when it comes up, you know, like, oh, you know look, it's, it's a little bit like, and I don't know if you're going to take this game uh, with your fifth pick, but it's kind of like Trinity and Allen that like Trinity probably look at this and goes, you know what? I'll see if we can get you. Where were they going to play? Would they would they have chosen, um, or who, or was Allen trying to get them at Eagle Stadium? Uh, I think Allen wanted. I think Trinity wanted a neutral site, and Allen wanted to flip home and home, and so Allen won two flips. Got it. Okay. Well, you know, it's it's you know, for Allen, they've obviously they obviously would like to have that home field advantage. They ended up getting it. The problem is that, and that's probably what Spring is looking at. They're like, you know what? We feel like we can get you at home, but. The problem is sometimes a coin don't go that way. So anyway, that is your fourth pick with Spring and Duncanville. My fifth and final pick, Matthew. I actually can't believe this has slipped to 10th or 9th overall. It shows how good of a week it is. 2 o'clock Friday afternoon in Brownwood at Gordon Wood Stadium. It's number one versus number two, Matthew, in 3A Division mm-hmm. One, as the Jim Ned Indians take on the Brock Eagles. Uh, in a game that Brock, I would have to check the tape, but they have been waiting either 363 days or 367 days or somewhere in that range for this moment. It was on Black Friday last year because I, w- I was there. There you go. Because um, this was the game that really springboarded Jim Ned into the statewide consciousness. That oh, was yeah. a Jim. That was a Jim Ned team that was good at that point. We're like, oh, hey, this is a interesting Jim Ned team. They put it together, won their district undefeated, looking good, blah, 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 this and that. Um, and then they beat Brock. And everyone goes, whoa, 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 whoa. Who who are you? Because who? no one was talking about Jim Ned. I mean, it was all who's Brock going to play in the semifinals. I mean, yes. it was, there was no discussion of. Like when I went to that game, I was just like, "Well, you know, Jeanette, I've heard they're a pretty good team. Maybe they can, maybe they can hang with Brock and get in, and make it competitive." And they jumped out on Brock. I remember like nine nothing in the first quarter, and it was nine nothing at the end of the first quarter. And I got in the slack, and I was like, uh, "Hey guys, it's nine nothing, Jim Ned here." And we were all kind of like, "Okay, okay, whatever." And then yeah, it just stayed close the whole game, and they they pulled it out uh, nineteen to sixteen late. And uh, Jim Ned's got a knack for that. They they do because and and that's the funny thing about this Jim Ned team they're the defending state champs and 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 obviously like if it ain't broke don't fix it well there wasn't anything broke so they're just kind of doing the same thing that like the defense been pretty darn good nothing nothing no problems with them they've been they've been very solid defensively and then you know what they're going to do offensively they're going to line it up and they're going to hand the ball about thirty five times to Xavier Wisher um, and by the way they've got a couple pretty nice wins on their docket. Right, they got a win over Sweetwater, big mm-hmm. win over Sweetwater. Mm-hmm. They got a win over Eastland. They got a win over Cisco. And that's a two A team, but still a win that has suddenly aged very well. They have a win over Snyder in non district. Yes, and then in district mm-hmm. play, they have a win over Early. They have a win over Wall. I mean, this is a battle tested Jim Ned team. They're not just getting that number one bump because they're the defending state champs. They've earned their stripes, plain and simple. They really and, have, and I, I think. I think what sets this Jim Ned team apart for me in this game, especially, is the quarterback spot. Not Xavier Wisher. Xavier Wisher gets the headlines. I love Tate Yardley. That kid's yeah. a gamer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He is a star. He's a real star back there. They're going up against Brock, and Brock is is aching to get them back on the field because mm-hmm. you know, look, they much in the same way that we were shocked, they were shocked too. They were looking at Arlington. They were thinking, you know, oh hey, you know who we're going to see in the semifinal. And Brock's offense has been outstanding. The, I think one of the differences, kind of similarly to what you were talking about, they we know what Brock's about. They're going to run the ball, even under you know, even under uh, their new coach, Billy Mathis. Thank you. Came over from Weatherford. They're running a more wide open scheme, right? They're still running the ball, still running the ball. That's still their identity is still we're going to win up front. We're going to run the ball with Cutter Wilson. But their their passing attack has really they are a legit passing team. They are a legit passing threat with quarterback Tyler Moody, right? And by the way, oh yeah, another thing that's just kind of the same about them. They have the number one defense in th- in three A Division one. They have the number one statistical defense. Um, 
And look, I think that they've, I think that, I think a lot of this comes down to, I think you got to tell me what the score is at halftime. Because I think there's, I think there's a chance that Brock goes out there and they're up 28 to three at halftime. And it's like, it's the revenge tour is on, right? I also think there's a chance that this thing is like 10 to 10 or 10, 10 to 7. It doesn't really matter who's winning at that point. And Brock goes, oh, crap. Here we go. They're going to do it again. Because here's the other thing. And 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 I made the, a similar comparison to the Texas high running back last week and Braylon Stewart. Xavier Wisher is a closer. He is a closer. And if Brock has the ball, if, 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 if Jim, that, if it's a one-score game, it's a three-point game, Right, doesn't matter who's winning. If it's a three-point game with five minutes left, and Jim Ned gets the ball, Brock may not see it again because they're going to hand the ball to Xavier Wishart, and that dude's going to grind you to the end zone. He's going to walk you. He's going to dog walk you to the end zone. So for Brock, this game better be over before you let Xavier Wishart win it. That's basically it. The other thing about Jim Ned that I think is interesting is that they just have that knack for the dramatic. If this if this game is close, you got to give them the edge. And because the other thing about Brock, and it was similar to what we were talking about last year when they met, Brock ain't been in a close game. Brock's murdering fools. They're yeah. murdering fools. If this game's close, do we know how they're going to react? That's that's you know they didn't last year. The Jim Ned game was basically a first close game and didn't go well. And Jim Ned's made a living off winning close games. So. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think when the chips are down and it's a close game, you go with you go with Jim Ned, you go with you go with the experience and, and mm-hmm. that senior class that's just been getting it done winning games. I'm taking Brock. Um, I think that they're on a revenge tour. They're my pick. But I think I think um this is number one versus number two in three of division one. And I'm inclined to believe let me make sure I'm not putting my foot in my mouth. I think I'm inclined to think that the winner of this game is at least in Arlington and probably enters Arlington as the favorite. Mount Vernon might have something to say about it. Maybe Lorena has something to say about it. But yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I think Brock and Jim that's gonna be buckets of fun. What's your fifth and final pick, Matthew? Going out to Beast, Texas, Friday afternoon, two o'clock at Rose Stadium as the unbeaten Van Vandals get a chance to prove themselves against the the standard bearer in Region 2 in East Texas, the 11-1 and Gilmer Buckeyes. This is a super... I don't know how this game is under the radar. Maybe it's because, like, I live in Dallas. I don't know if everyone's talking about it out East, but, like, I think this game is so good and nobody's talking about it. I think I, I think because we're not real sure how good Van is. Because Van, mm-hmm. for, you know... Now, Van does have a win over Lindale, which has, has mm-hmm. aged uh, quite nicely. But this is a Van in Malakoff as well. Uh, but this is a Van team that... There's questions about the strength of schedule. They, they they played in a weaker district this year. Their non-district slate wasn't up to what Gilmer's non-district slate is for sure. So I think we're all kind of saying, okay, Van's good, but how good are they? This is a chance to find out because Gilmer, Gilmer's the team to beat in Region 2 without question. They mm-hmm. drilled Caddo Mills last week, 68-31. And oh, Brandon Tennyson just keeps getting it done. He throws for 438 and five touchdowns. Dude, that dude's unbelievable. Gilmer threw up 663 yards of offense last week. Just the offensive balance is unbelievable. They're they're running the football well with Ashton Haynes. They've got multiple receivers who can make plays, and their defense um, doesn't have to be great when your offense is putting up the kind of numbers they're putting up, but their defense has been good enough. Uh, They got another test this week against Jackson Rainey in this Van offense. Um, Rainey had a huge game in their 35-25 win over Sunnyvale. Uh, runs for uh, 138 yards, two touchdowns, throws for 147 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Rainey makes the Van Vandals go. But that de- Van defense, there's a lot of questions there. and You're going up against an offense in Gilmer that that is a flamethrower. So I, I think Van's only way to a victory in this game is to just get into shootout and try to have the ball last. And And let me tell you, as a neutral observer, I'd be super into that. <laughs> I want I want to encourage them to turn this into like some 70 to 67 firefight. Uh but I don't know if I don't know if Gilmer's defense is going to let them get there. That's the problem. I think they've got the better defense here and they're going to get like four mm-hmm. stops and I'm not sure what Van's going to do from there. Um that's kind of where I'm at on it. 
But, you know, I'd love to be surprised. I think it'd be a lot of fun. Anyway, that is our regional semifinal draft. I took Munster, Albany, Carthage, China Spring, Alito, South Oak Cliff, San Antonio, Brands, Austin Bowie, and Jim, Ned, and Brock. Step took Holly Colby, Colp, Hop up. Take, take two in three, two. Holly Coleman, you dumb dumb. DeSoto, <laughs> Spring, Westfield, Beckville, Timpson, Spring, and Duncanville, and Van and Gilmer. No hipster game because all the games are good. Uh, but I guess we've gotten most of your schedule. Why don't you tell us about your, your schedule, birthday boy? That's right. So uh, Thursday night, my birthday present is the Thursday night game in Longview. Uh, as the West Rust Raiders take on the Dangerfield Tigers in a really good East Texas matchup on Thanksgiving night. Yeah. And, you know, some of you guys be watching the NFL game on Thursday night. There might be a college game on that kind of thing. The real ones will be watching West Rust and Dangerfield. Yeah. So if, That's, you get that... a, if you want to get away from your family for a few hours on Thursday night, if you're sick of them, come on out to Lobo Stadium and watch, watch a great game. It should be a Are, fun game. Is the popcorn machine going to be on? Coach King has confirmed Lobo Popcorn oh. will be uh, – so Lobo Popcorn will be – if you don't think I'm vlogging about Lobo Popcorn, then you Dude. don't know me. You don't know happy, me very well. Happy birthday to you. Wow. Yes, what, what a, a what birthday a gift. gift. Exactly. Um, and then I'll drive back to Fort Worth uh, fr- Thursday night, uh, get a little few hours of shut-eye, and then uh, I'm going to hit the road Friday morning, and I'm heading out to Abilene. Uh, as I've got a 1 o'clock game at Abilene Christian as the uh, – Shallow Water Mustangs take on the surprising Whitesboro Bearcats uh, at Abilene Christian at 1 o'clock. And then my 6 o'clock game is the uh, aforementioned Coleman versus Hawley game over at Abilene Wiley. So between games, I'll run over to my hotel, check into the hotel, and then head over to Abilene Wiley for uh, the nightcap at Abilene. And then Saturday morning, we'll get up and do it again. We'll drive from Abilene to San Antonio early Saturday morning for the triple header at the Alamo Dome. Noon. Austin LBJ and Bernie, four o'clock. Ooh, so, ooh. Yeah, that's, that's a sneaky good game too. Point C. Yeah, <laughs> sneaky good game. Uh, Austin LBJ and Bernie at four at noon at four. Desoto and Westfield. I'll be on the call on Texan Live for that game with Trevor Bullard, and in the nightcap, the Tomball Cougars and the Rockwall Heath Hawks. So it is a six game weekend for for yours truly. It should be a lot of fun. I'm fired up for it. That, that will be. I think I'm up to I'll I'll be that'll be by the week by the end of the weekend I'll have seen 54 games in person this year. Whew. Pretty so, good. As you say every year when I post my map of games and teams that I've gone to, <laughs> it's it's a it's a look into the mind of a crazy person. It really is. You don't often get those. It's it's yeah. it's it's you know normally you need an autopsy to do something like that. Um, I am here to remind you that high school scoreboard live has moved to Saturday, so don't tune in Friday night. I mean, do do tune into Bally Sports. I'm sure they've got some great programming, but like we won't be there. Uh, so, you know, do something else. But we got a bunch of games on Texan Live. I think we got 25 games on Texan Live this weekend. It's Tw- yeah, I, I went through and pulled the schedule and, and put it in like an easy, easy to read Word doc format. It's it's pr- pretty awesome. schedule. It's like 25. Like we got like almost a quarter of the games like on yeah. Texan Live. So a never better time to go to TexanLive.com. Uh, and yeah, so that is going to do it for us. Thanks for being a Dave Campbell's Texas football insider. And Step, thanks for your courage. Thank you. Happy birthday, buddy. Thank you, sir. <laughs> we'll see you next week on Tough and Stuff. Stuff.